0: Welcome to the show, and what a special treat that we have today. A member of one of my all-time favorite bands, Anthrax. Their current guitar player, lead guitar player, John Doney, a.k.a. Johnny Rock and Roll. Such a nice guy, so talented. Uh, He was actually in a band called Shadows Fall that's also very talented in their own right. And with that band, he played shows alongside almost every big metal band, including Black Sabbath, Iron Maiden, Five Finger Death Punch, Corn, Rob Zombie, goes on and on and he's got some great stories And then if that wasn't enough then he joins Anthrax which again is one of the biggest metal bands in the world And then he's also got a new band called Living Wreckage that will have new music coming out soon So he's done some cool shit. He's got some great stories. He's down-to-earth He loves hair metal, and he's a fan of my show. So that's really cool I love chatting with him, and I hope you guys enjoy it, too Welcome John Donay to the Chuck Shoe podcast. Yeah. I hope I said that right. Did I get it right? Yeah,
1: you got it right. I think you're like the only guy that got it right on the first try.
0: It doesn't look like a Donay. It looks like Donas or something or Donus or, but yeah. no, yeah. it's, it's Italian. Don-us
1: all the time.
0: It's Italian, it's right? It's French? it's French. Okay. That's what yeah. I thought. I thought it was French. Then I Googled it and it said Italian. I was, ah, oh, freaking Google's wrong then.
1: As far as I know, I'm not Italian. <laughs>
0: okay. <laughs> you would probably know. So that would make sense. So yeah, I just want this to go on the record. You sent me a friend request and then you're like, yeah, I really dig the podcast. I was like, I want that to go on the record. I'm not paying you to say that.
1: No, I dig it, man. Because you have all the guys that I listened to as a child. Like, uh, I like all the 80s stuff. That, that's my bread and butter right there. So um, all, all, most of your guests are, are somebody that I really look up to.
0: Yeah, so how far down the rat? Because I know you like you know Rat and Dawkin and Guns N' Roses and Skid Row and Tesla and Slaughter and all those guys. But how far down the rabbit hole do you go? Like, do you like like the Dangerous Toys and the Bullet Boys and the yeah. Tufts and the Bang so, Tank?
1: I do. I I, uh, I love Dangerous Toys. Jason McMaster is one of my favorite singers. I, I think he's got an incredible voice. And actually, um, there's the Shadows Fall. Um, song out there, we covered Tease and please, and had Jason sing on it.
0: What? I don't think I've heard that. Where can I find that? Is that on your uh, yeah, Spotify? It's,
1: it's got to be out there somewhere. Maybe if you go on one of the platforms, you could you could find it. But uh, we did that. We did a, a record where it was uh, it was B sides and cover songs uh, that Shadows Fall did, and we always loved the '80s rock stuff. And we met Jason McMaster at one of our shows in Austin one night. And uh, he, he came and brought us some Dangerous Toys merchandise. And we're like, oh, my God, it's so fucking cool. And uh, down the line, we were like, hey, this would be a cool song. And imagine if we get Jason on it. And sure enough, it worked out.
0: Yeah, that's crazy. And he's in a bunch of other bands, too. He, he does this uh, one. Uh, it's kind of like a Judas Priest uh, tribute, I think it is. Or
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then he has Broken Teeth. His, yeah. That's kind of like a old school ACDC kind of rock thing. That's pretty kick-ass, too.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. So you, you started out playing the piano. or your mom wanted you to play the piano and then you played the guitar and you got all the Metallica tablature books, which I remember when I was a kid, I could play like fade to black and master puppets and sanitarium mm-hmm. and all that stuff. But was there any, some of the faster stuff I just, I couldn't do did you ever hit a wall with Metallica where you're like, like at that age? I mean, now you could probably do anything, but did you ever, or what was that- the hardest band that you tried to uh, cover as a kid?
1: I remember one of the first things from Metallica that was hitting the wall. I was like, how the hell do these guys do that? Was the intro to motor breath. Uh, oh. I remember it being about 13, 14. Because like, that was like, I was still learning how to palm mute then too. And then just to do those real fast triplets. I was like, how is, it, how is this possible?
0: <laughs> and was that, were you doing it from tablature or was that just by ear?
1: Yeah. Absolutely. It was, uh, that pretty much like me learning how to riff was Metallica and Megadeth tablature. Um, I was taking lessons, um, at the time at the mall and they were really formal and wanted you to read music and stuff. And, uh, like I had, the guy was like in the jazz and he wore a suit and tie and I just wanted to play rock and roll. <laughs> and so Right. Uh, I was like, eh, I don't know, man. And then he's trying to teach me how to read music. And I'm playing like all the shit, like Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star and all that kind of stuff. And then one day, my that guy didn't come in. Um, he had, he called out of the lesson, so I had a substitute. And he was more of a rock guy. And he, I had electric guitar at the time. And he, because at first I started out on acoustic. Oh, okay. I my parents read to me a few things, but then I finally got an electric guitar. And he goes, How long have you had that? I was like, oh, I just got it. He goes, Do you know how do you know how to do a power chord? Uh, and I just knew like C and G, oh. the, the the full chords, not the power chords. I go, No, I just never heard what a power chord was. He goes, Oh, he's like, You gotta know how to play power chords if you have an electric guitar. He showed me that, I was like, Oh shit, all right. Well that and that's funny cool.
0: too, because the power chords I feel like were easier, at least for me, because it was yeah. only like two fingers, whereas the regular chords it was sometimes like these weird things, and I'm like, I can't even freaking do this. And then you're you're trying to change from one to the next really fast. It's hard.
1: Yeah. I was learning like the full chords at first, and those were really hard. And yeah. then the power cords, when you have distortion. Those power chords, that sounds—that's the sound. That's rock and roll. Yes, sound. for I, sure. I was like, dude, you just open up a whole new world to me. And he goes, "Do you know how to read tabs?" I was like, "No." He and he goes, "Who's your favorite band?" Metallica. All oh. right. He goes down. He goes to the the, the bookshelf, grabs Metallica tabs, shows me how to read tabs. Yeah. And then uh, that changed everything. I was like, "Oh my god, Let's let, let's do this!" And then. Then I end up quitting guitar lessons and just buy a bunch of tabos.
0: Yeah, because you can just do I mean, if that's the thing for me though, I just I mean I don't have your talent. So it's like at some point I was like, I yeah. can't do this stuff. But so you eventually were able to pretty much do everything, right? Is there anything that you can't play now?
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, of course. Really? I mean, I, I mean a ten year old kid on Instagram kicks my ass. The people out there now are just ridiculous. I people are so good at guitar now, it's just light years beyond what I can do. Every time I go on Instagram I was like, yeah, I really, I don't know. I don't know how to play guitar.
0: <laughs> Shit, that's depressing. But you're in Anthrax, so you must have been good enough for them. I mean, that's a pretty. Yeah.
1: What <laughs> everyone's got their style. Yeah. Uh, you know, some some people are over the top, want to do the, the full-on shrapnel, over-the-top stuff. Some guys just want to do the Angus Young, lay back and do some pentatonic stuff. So it's it's all what you want to do. And, and it's all, it's you know, music isn't, it's not like a sport, it's like, it's how it makes you feel, so.
0: Mm, true, yeah. So,
1: uh, so sounds like, some people would rather listen to something like Nirvana, and some people want to listen to Racer X, and they're both great at what they do.
0: Definitely, definitely. All rock, and,
1: f- all rock and roll.
0: But that stuff's harder, the Racer X, like the Eddie Van Halen, the Eruption, and that kind of, that stuff's hard, harder to play, isn't it? So,
1: so, yeah, my favorite guys are the guys who are melodic shredders so they can do that crazy over-the-top stuff but then they also write these big solos that you still want to air guitar to and it doesn't bore a listener who doesn't play guitar like guys like Nuno Betancourt, um, mm. Lynch, John Sykes, Zach Wild, Dime like those guys could they could shred their asses off but they they make these beautiful solos too on top of it and they just not just run in scales the whole time and and burning it up the whole time.
0: Well, and they write good so songs my, so, too.
1: Yeah, so those are my favorite guys. Absolutely. Stuff like that, melodic so shredder.
0: Was aftershock? Was that your first band? And that was with the—is uh, it the drummer from Killswitch Engage?
1: Yeah. So he what, he did play drums at first. He it's Adam Duckowitz. He's yeah probably one of the most talented guys I know. He knows how to play every instrument. Great engineer, great producer. He's just one of these guys born with it and pisses you off. Actually, it's like, I'm like God damn it, that figures out everything. <laughs>
0: uh,
1: but I went to high school with him and he was a couple years older than me and ended up going to Berkeley. So then Aftershock slowed down wasn't really playing uh, too much because he was in school. So that's when I started Shadows Fall.
0: Yeah, and so that's your first, like, kind of big band. And so you went through a couple singers, but that the singer you guys finally got was uh, Brian Fair. I want to show people, mm-hmm. I, I've never done this before, I going to try to do a share screen here, uh, because they need to see what this guy, is. is it, <laughs> let's see if it works. Uh, is it working? Yeah, there it is. Yeah. Dude, those dreadlocks, how does he clean those? How, how does he, I mean, <laughs> I thought you had to shave your head after a few years of dreadlocks. He just kept it going, he, though. He
1: still got them, man, still got them. I used to I used to sleep uh, underneath them on the on the bus, so you know. Those, so do they fall in your? Up. Oh, it'd be great like to wake up all hungover and pull my <laughs> curtain open, then I have to go through that too. <laughs>
0: it's like a curtain of dreadlocks. I mean, it was. so like, but does yeah. he does he have to wash it? Because can't you not wash your hair if you have dreadlocks? Or what is the? How do you clean it?
1: You know, I really don't know. That's stuff that I never asked him.
0: You oh. never saw him like washing his dreadlocks or wiping it down with a rag or something. I
1: remember like seeing, yeah, like cleaning them out, like or like after a shower and stuff and wringing them out. But I don't know. Oh, so he did shower he with him? It. Okay. Oh right. yeah.
0: Okay. Fair enough. That'd be yeah, interesting I mean, if he yeah. ever took him out. What he, like is it...
1: his head would probably just be going like that cause, you know, imagine the weight of those.
0: Yeah. That's crazy. So you guys played in some clubs, and then it didn't take long, and then all of a sudden you're playing OzFest on the main stage with Iron Maiden and Black Sabbath and Black Label Society. I mean, you've got to feel that at that point.
1: What's that? That did take some time. That took some time, though, because that was uh, pretty much five years of nonstop touring, and and we were on our third record by then.
0: Okay. I mean, yeah, so it did take, uh, take some time yeah, to get I mean, there. The-
1: the very first Ozfest we did uh, is when we we paid to play. Like that's w- when bands mm. were uh, on the second stage would would, would pay to get yeah. on because just it was just great exposure. So you're like that's the best tour you could get if you were a metal band. That's that's the best commercial you could have. Sure. Um, so we did that and we ended up doing really well on it. And uh, and then a couple of years later we we were one of the main stage one of the main stage acts. So how do you and get? Then that was, yeah. And that was with, like you said, Iron Maiden, Black Sabbath, uh, Zach Wild, Black Label Society. So I had all these heroes there, and that was that was one of the holy shit moments of my life. Of I can't believe we're on this tour. <laughs>
0: yeah. So how do they decide that? Like, does Sharon make that decision, or does Ozzy personally pick you guys, or is it like based on how many mm-hmm. listens no, you have? I- or-
1: I don't know exactly who picks. I know Obsess has people who work for them, and then they just see what's going on at the moment. Mm. And if they see a band making noise, and people are, are talking about them. They're they're going to pick up with Todd at the moment.
0: Okay, so you tour, you did that tour, and then also you toured with you got to tour with a uh, Dimebag and Vinny uh, from Pantera when they were doing their uh, band. I think it was Damage Plan. And I've seen yeah. these guys; they do some crazy shit. I've heard stories. I've seen videos. Were they still crazy at that point, or they kind of settled down in two
1: thousand four? Oh no, man, that's tour, we were going hard every <laughs> night. We, we, we were uh, man. There was. I'm glad I was in my twenties back then because I, <laughs> I wouldn't be able to handle those hangovers now. But yeah, I mean, it was it was the black tooth um, shots going like crazy. The haunted was on that tour. They they were they were pretty good drinkers themselves. So yeah, there was a lot of lot of rock and roll partying on that, and uh just Don is my all-time favorite guitar player. I think he's the MVP because yeah. he could write songs, he could write riffs, uh, and he could solo his ass off. He had the stage presence. He just had the whole rock star thing too on top of it, and that to me was just. And then just watching those Pantera videos when I was a kid, uh, I was always like, I ha- I would want to meet this guy so bad. I, I I feel like I get along with him so well. It just—he just, just looks so cool to me, and and I absolutely loved his playing. Love Pantera. panther is probably right up there in the top three bands for me. Um, so then, we got the call that we we're going to do the tour with him. I was like, "This is going to rule! I'm going to be on the tour with one of my heroes." And he was everything that I wanted him to be and more. He he lived up to that that to who he was on those videos and blew me away every night with his plane and just hanging out with him after the show. I've never seen another like a rock star do this. He'd be just like, Hey man, let's, let's go to the bar around the corner. And I would just like to follow behind dime just to watch people's jaws drop when he walked in. In the into the local water hole though, because he get recognized because he's that oh, famous. Yeah, yeah, of course. Plus, you know, everyone after the show goes to the closest bar.
0: Okay. So we're
1: sitting around backstage or on a bus, like you know, you want to get out because all you do is sit around in a backstage or a bus. So you know, after a show, you you get nasty. And you're like, yeah, let's go, let's go play, let's go have some fun. And he was always down for that, and just I would love to watch him walk in a bar. The people were like, what? Like just every freak out and he'd actually buy them drinks he's like what do you guys do you want shots he's like didn't
0: no, know so this, this this is kind of before the cell phone era so people aren't trying to get pictures of them or are they just getting oh, yeah. autographs I, I, or? i'm
1: glad i'm glad there was not cell phone <laughs> but oh. yeah, yeah i mean there were cell phones but i don't know if they were taking pictures yet okay they might
0: have been like because this is
1: 2004 they might have been like some shitty flip phone. yeah yeah that's front, probably good. I, I don't think I'm not sure the video and and camera uh, thing was quite there yet. That
0: would be so Probably. weird to just. Uh, I know I talked to like the guys from uh, Warrant, Trickster and Firehouse when they did that tour, and they said the same thing. Like after the shows, they would just go to the nearest bar, and they would actually like get up on stage and jam with like the bands and stuff, which is just crazy. To I, me.
1: And I think that's awesome, and yeah. I can't imagine like back then when Warrant, Trickster and Firehouse were doing it. That's when rock was at its like peak for. I mean, it was all over MTV. Right.
0: And, yeah.
1: Like those bands are playing 10,000 seat arenas. No problem. And people were just ready to go and have a good time back then.
0: Yeah. And then you and guys, I can't
1: imagine telling arena, Hey, we're going to go down the street. and drink.
0: That's I know that's insane. I don't know how they didn't get mobbed, but um, so then you guys toured also with a uh, slipknot and lamb of God. And you said, uh, mm-hmm. tell me the story, Corey Taylor. He came out like buck naked on stage one time with a sign that said, I love shadows fall. Like,
1: yeah. I think it was like the last, last night of the tour. And I think he just had fucking duct tape wrapped around his, his dick and <laughs> ran out, <laughs> ran out of the door. They were all pranking us because of the last day.
0: Um, wow. Yeah.
1: That that was a fun tour too. That was with Lama God and we, we go back with Lama God too, but that was Shadow Falls first arena tour. Oh, okay. So very exciting because, uh, it was exciting to see metal kind of come back to that point again. It was especially for something that heavy.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, those bands are still pretty big though. I mean,
1: yeah. Flipknot and Lama god they're bigger than ever right now.
0: Yeah. And then, um, so when you guys did, uh, the threads of life album, that was the, was that your first one on Atlantic? What is the difference between be, I think that was that the only one you did on Atlantic? I mean, there's gotta be a difference between being yeah. on the bigger budgets with a bigger label. And then, um, I mean, do you like that better? I've heard people say they made I, more money with the indie labels.
1: Um, at the time we did really well at an indie label. So we were thinking with Atlantic money and, and them backing us, it could only get better. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that wasn't the case at all. Um, probably in hindsight it would have been better to stick with century media and be the, um, the bigger fish in the smaller pond.
0: Mm. Uh,
1: we we got a lot of attention from Century Media, and they did absolutely great for us. But mm. the thing with Atlantic, too, I mean, you, you never know what what happened. It could have been the record we wrote. Mm. Um, it could have been a lot of things that we kind of lost traction. But it didn't help that the people that signed us, and one was one guy with there was the president Jason Flum, and he signed Skid Row. And yeah, all like all the all the bands that we love on Atlantic in the eighties. And uh, him and John Rubley and we signed uh, pod and a bunch of other rock acts for Atlantic, and they brought us out to see. And and Plum was like, All right, we want to make this a metal label again. And he mm-hmm. goes, I'm not going anywhere. You know, and you're like, All right, well, that's that's the president saying that you feel pretty confident that you're going to get some attention. Well, Electorate and Atlantic merged, and I think they end up having electors president and Atlantic's president, if if I remember correctly, something like that happened. Okay, uh, that wasn't going to work. Obviously, you have to have one guy mm. who's at the top. And I think uh, I think they bought Jason out, or he left, or something happened where Flom was gone. Okay, Jason Flom. So was John Rubley. The So two of the major guys that wanted us there are gone before our record even came out.
0: Oh, that's... And also, this is a time when selling records is really... You're making more money on the tours anyways, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, we always... We never saw much money from records. It was always staying on the road and and, and selling merchandise.
0: So does Atlantic Uh, take a a piece of the touring and merchandise, or do they only get the records? they,
1: They did it for us. I mean, we didn't have a three sixty deal a lot. A lot of times you do. I think today that's very common. But oh. I think we 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 were right there when you would still they were still recording budgets. There were there were still good budgets from the label. Okay, were still tour support. It was before it really all just went away. Gotcha. So because uh, yeah. albums were, were, were still selling back then, but mm-hmm. then like a few years later, that's when like kind of all crumbled and right. And that's uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so when that record came out, we didn't, our people were gone.
0: Mm, gotcha. So
1: I think some people are like, all right, what, what do we do with this stuff? And But, I, you know, you can't blame that, too, because, you know, I've read like a lot of fans don't like that record. So you never, mm. you never know. Okay. But you know, you, 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 you got to take the blame yourself. But, sure. But I know a lot. a lot of people like it, too. You just, I can't. I don't know. If if I knew, I'd be in a much better position on what what stuff like that works sometimes and why it doesn't.
0: Yeah, for sure. So then you guys did a tour with a Five Finger Death Punch. Now tell me about are you a fan of this band cuz I this is the first time I heard the other day like some people were kind of ripping on them. Like is there some backlash towards that band because maybe they're too mainstream and not hard enough?
1: I think any band that gets popular is just going to get it. Okay. Uh, I I I see it with I mean, you see it with bands that big, whether Slipknot, Avenged Semifold, five When you're at the top of the food chain, I mean, you got a target on your back all the mm. time. People want to take you down, and there's it's jealousy, you hmm. know, for the most part. Uh, so we never had a problem with them. They treated us great. We played sold out shows every night hmm. and had a great time. Uh, so sounds I mean, fun. <laughs> yeah, and hey, any band that's gonna get any more of the mainstream to get into metal and hard rock. I mean, that, that's okay with me.
0: Yeah. And speaking of, so then uh corn and Rob zombie, tell me about that tour. Did you get to interact with them at all? Cause those guys are big rock stars.
1: Well, I think that must've been on, was that, I think that was a mayhem tour.
0: Mayhem festival. Yeah. Was it a, a yeah, festival, but so it was we, like multiple we, dates. It looked like.
1: Yeah, but we, we were on the main stage on that one. We were on the oh. second stage. Very rarely saw those bands. Say with, with The first time we did uh Oz Best was with Corn too. But they were on the main stage. You didn't really see the main stage bands. Even if you are on the main stage, a lot of bands, everyone thinks everyone's just getting together and partying backstage. A lot of camps just kind of stay in their own yeah. thing. And That's if, why it's... A couple trips yeah.
0: That's why it's cool to hear stories from- about like you partying with a dime bag, because like sometimes those guys are too cool for that.
1: Yeah, dime wasn't like dime yeah. just wanting to hang and have fun. Uh, but a lot of times, you know, just, just a lot of bands do kind of hang out in their own quarters. Yeah. And just, uh, but then there's other times where tours click, like like those trickster firehouse and Warren guys are saying they were all just families. I've I've been on tours like that too, where. You know, if it's Shadow Swallow, God Forbid, Lamb of God, Kill Switch. You know, we did the Headbangers' wall tour, and it was just like, you just walk on somebody's bus. You don't have to knock, you know. or oh. It's just. That's and there's cool. just some tours that, that you, um, I've been on tours where, like, I, I haven't even seen a guy, you know, except when they're on stage. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that happens. So, so tell me about Anthrax. Did you know those guys before when Rob called you to take over for him because he was uh Doing something, or he asked you to fill in. Uh, did, then, then like you didn't hear anything for a month, and then Scott Ian called you. Did you already ha- have Scott Ian's like phone number in your phone, or did, was it like an unknown number? And it's like, hey, this is Scott Ian, like because that would freak me out yeah. a little.
1: No, we knew Anthrax because we opened up shows for them and got to know them a little bit. And they were they are always a, a big influence on Shadows Fall. Yeah. So we we we'd hung out with them a little bit. Um, and uh, so I definitely did have Scott's number. He had mine because I remember hanging out on a few occasions with him. And yeah, the whole anthrax thing, Rob just wanted a break and he thought I'd be a good fit for them. And he knew I got along with the guys already. So he just wanted to make sure that he had someone to fill in a spot so that they weren't hanging, just hanging there and, and have a tour coming up and I'd be like, well, who the hell are we going to get now? we we'll got a tour in a month. Um,
0: but they wanted you too, right? That's what I heard Scott say, like, you were the only person they considered. They didn't audition anyone else, well, I think.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. Because I, I remember I, I I told them I, I absolutely want to do this. And I told Rob, yeah, I, I want to do this 100%. Uh, and uh, at first, see, it's funny, the, the whole story was I got a call from Rob's management and then I called them and they told me the whole thing and then I talked to Rob and I just wanted to make sure it wasn't going to be a, a quick thing I he, I was going to do a couple of weeks and then he, he'd come back because I'm like as much as I would love to do that Shadow's Fall was still really active at the time I'm like this is gonna be a lot of work yeah didn't you have a tour lined
0: weeks. up with Testament or something and so you yeah, didn't want to bail so we on trying, that
1: so I was worried about that too so I had to make sure my guys, I did what Rob did. I called one of my buddies mm-hmm. up. I go, Hey, I, I can't say why, but I might not be able to do this this tour with Testament in Europe. Would you uh, be able to fill in for me? And once he said that, that he could, then I went back to Caggiano and I said, Hey man, I'm in a hundred percent. Cause once, once Rob said uh, that, that that was it for him, I was like, okay, now this could be a long-term opportunity for me. And, uh, I absolutely would love to have the chance to play for them full time. And they just kept having tour after tour. That guy just kept, kept sticking around. Yeah. But so the first
0: show you did was in a club and you said that you had never rehearsed. You'd only played a little bit with Scott. So you're like shaking. How do you push through that fear? I mean, that's gotta be terrifying.
1: Yeah. That's probably one of the scariest moments of my life. And I'd, I jammed with Scott a little bit because I was living in L.A. at the time. So I went to his house and I was playing with Scott and John Deddy who, who was the fill and drummer for Anthrax. And we jammed, but I never jammed with the full band. And so we went there and Scott would correct me whatever I was playing wrong and showed me the right way to play the riff. And then you know, flew to Australia and that just Sure. Well, they actually. One good thing is they sent me a live video, so I knew how to like end the song, start the song, how where all the segues were. So I would know that, and uh, yeah, I just study that video, and and uh, yeah, I, I tell people sometimes it was it was hard to enjoy that show. Even like it's like holy shit, I'm playing with Anthrax, but the whole time thinking don't fuck up, don't. Fuck Fuck up. Oh, what's, next? what's next? Don't psych myself out. Don't. I'm trying not to psych myself oh, out here because I don't want to fucking completely botch apart.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but you made it. You did it. You did good, right? You didn't fuck up.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. It, it went went pretty well. And then, um, yeah. Then then things were going great, and it was just tour after tour. They just kept getting tours, man. And then uh, they started showing me demos for their for their new stuff, and. Like, hey, put down some leads. What's this? And let's see what you got. And I think the studio was my last audition. Like, if I could get through the studio and um, and make them happy, then they were they were going to keep me in.
0: Okay. Yeah. So, and then you did like this tour with a what's that? What's that?
1: And then here we are. Yeah. And there, so yeah, <laughs> here we are.
0: You, you did this tour with Iron Maiden and you said that uh, Bruce Dickinson was flying the plane. He, so that's gotta be weird. See, the singer of Iron Maiden yeah. is like, he's like getting on the intercom and saying, this is the captain, Bruce Dickinson. Mm. Yeah, that
1: was, that was a pinch me moment. That <laughs> whole Iron Maiden, Anthrax tour. <laughs> we, we got to fly on their private like seven forty seven, I think it was. Uh, in South America, where Iron Maiden is a religion, <laughs> yeah. So you're playing like, you know,
0: like soccer stadiums. Like these are you're huge. Playing a, yeah,
1: like fifty thousand, eighty thousand wow. people sold out, or people are just going fuckers. They're fucking maniacs for Iron Maiden, and um, and then we're flying on their plane with them, and. <sighs> Dickinson's flying it and telling you how the weather is and how long the flight's going to be. It's like total pro. But wow. you know that voice from hearing it so many times. Yeah. <laughs> and just like seeing so many interviews with him as a kid and then just know what he sounds like. It's like, man, I can't believe Bruce Dickinson flying this and Iron Man's on that taking a piss in the bathroom. Agent Smith's waiting to go in. Like, Holy <laughs> shit, this is crazy. <laughs> that is insane.
0: So, and then this is another pinch me moment. It's got to be when you guys played a Seth Meyers show. And I mean, it's always funny when you play the talk shows because you don't know who the other guests are going to be. But it just happened that it was Robert De Niro was the guest that night. And you guys got to meet him?
1: Yeah. It, I don't know what it is about me in bathrooms and, and, <laughs> and running into awesome celebrities. But yeah, I remember... We we're about to go on, so go go to take a leak. Like and then Robert De Nose in there washing his hands. <laughs> like, holy shit. He but doesn't yeah, have like a handler like
0: or somebody pushing people away
1: well, that to... Well not in the bathroom at Seth Myers.
0: <laughs> I guess not. Wow, that's <laughs> I mean, crazy.
1: I mean but that's you know, that's that's as big as you get in acting. That's that's a, that's the top of the line. He's
0: kind of like introverted though, and kind of quiet in real life, right? I mean, the movies he's this tough, angry guy, but in real life he's like kind of introverted, right?
1: I mean, I don't really, really know. I can't say we we met him for like a couple minutes, and he was super nice to us and super cool to hang out with. So that's all I can really base that off of. Yeah,
0: that's cool. That's a cool moment for sure. So you guys did that album in two thousand sixteen. What was it called for uh, for All Kings? Um, Is there any talk of a new Anthrax album? It's because it's been yeah, like band, five years.
1: Yeah. Um, the band's working on a new album. Uh, hopefully, you know, once this pandemic's over, there'll be a new record and a ton of torrent behind it.
0: So they're working on it Are you working on it with them? Are you sending solos and stuff?
1: Not yet. Okay. So, uh, but I, I know that the band is, is working on stuff and I know they got stuff written. It's just, I haven't gone into the studio with them or anything yet.
0: Do you, do you send them riffs? Like, Hey, do you guys want to use this riff or anything? Do you do any of the writing or do they do all the writing?
1: Uh, they've done all the writing. That's pretty much, they got they got a system down and, uh, and t- all bands work different. And mm-hmm. it, it, it works great for them. They've been, they've been, um, successful for over 35 years. So it's like, they're just going strong, stronger than ever really right now. They've written the last few records. have been amazing. So. Yeah.
0: Have you heard any of the new stuff? of the new anthrax you have not yet okay so what are your favorite old anthrax albums or songs
1: i have i'm sorry you you froze up
0: oh what are your favorite old anthrax albums or old anthrax songs like either to play or just to listen to
1: ah man there's so many good ones but you know what i which i find funny is they're not big fans of stadium Euphoria*, and i love that record and i think because That was my first Anthrax record. Okay. So uh, I like to play stuff off that album, which doesn't get added too much, but that was my first introduction to them. And I played that tape all the time when I first got it. I remember seeing Antisocial on MTV as a kid. And I actually brought that song to my guitar teacher at the time to learn.
0: That's so crazy. Yeah, So I remember mine was a, this is crazy, but it was, cause it was like 91, 92 and I was getting into metal And so I actually bought, the first one I bought was Attack of the Killer Bees. Do you remember that? That was like the B-sides and stuff?
1: Yeah, I had that too.
0: Yeah, so it's funny because like, you know, Rock, like back in the day, it's like, I mean, it's crazy. It was like 30 years ago, but, you know, it used to be, Rock used to be all about like against the authority and the establishment and, you know, freedom of choice and expression. And, you know, it was all against censorship. And I remember the song, do you remember the song Starting Up a Posse? Yep. So I love that song as a kid. And I feel like it's like relevant today. Like, you know, the, the lyrics, like you can't censor my feelings. You can't censor my thoughts, uh, censorships against America, everything America stands for you fucking whores, like shit, fuck Satan. It was just like, <laughs> I was listening to it last night. And I'm oh, like, yeah. this song is so fucking awesome. Like, but do you, am I crazy? Hey. Or is that song like relevant again? Like is anthrax going to, do they have to apologize for that song now though? Or they like still feel like fuck censorship, fuck the man, fuck authority, like...
1: Uh, I I don't, I'm not sure, but if they ever play it again, but I'd be game too. Um, I I always loved that chorus as a kid. But, yeah, I don't think, I don't think they're too worried about, about that stuff.
0: No, because, like, I think, I look at the song Indians. I mean, that song is not even Mm -hmm. PC now, or, like, uh, Keep It in the Family, which is ironic, because I feel like that song is against racism, but, they use racial slurs in the song. I mean, I'm like worried like anthrax might get canceled. I
1: think anything at this point, you never know. (laughs) I mean,
0: I'm looking to anthrax for guidance on this. Like, are they? are people going to try to cancel anthrax or is anthrax going to be like, fuck you? Or are they going to apologize? Or like, I'm just curious, like if they're a part of are they just trying to hope nobody brings this shit up like me.
1: I think, I think everyone just, uh, nobody knows what to do these days. It's an interesting time we're living
0: in. I guess so. Yeah. You, you got to watch
1: every step now.
0: <laughs> no. Cause I always thought like, I mean, Anthrax was kind of into that, you know, like they did the song with public enemy. And so they were kind of into mm. that kind of stuff. Like, um, that kind of move like against authority. And so that's kind of what I, like I said, I, that's what drew me to them as a kid was all this, like, yeah. you know, the angst. Well, I think or a, lot of, a lot of,
1: a lot of the punk and thrash was, was like that. And uh, like a lot of punk and thrash still is. Mm-hmm. That's what, I mean, kids are always going to gravitate that kind of stuff, especially when you're angry, pissed off kid, or even adults. I mean, we're living in times where well, I'm pretty fucking angry, right? You
0: know? <laughs> right? That's how you get.
1: I lost I lost my job, you know, I can't play music. It sucks, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's terrible. So, but tell me about your new band, uh, Living Wreckage. I listened to the songs that you sent. Um, it's got uh, the guitarist, the other guitarist from Shadow Falls, Matt. It sounds to me like old school metal. Like, I love it. It sounds great. But you tell me or tell the listeners what it's
1: about. Yeah, so um, after Anthrax for the last eight years has just been nonstop. So I really hadn't had much time to really start anything. And I hadn't written a record since Shadows Falls' last record, which was, I think,
0: 2012.
1: Mm -hmm. So I was sitting on a pile of material, and uh, I knew Anthrax had good amount of time off. So I was like, all right, um, I gotta find something to do here. So, uh, I just kind of started asking around people to jam with. And, uh, I wanted to do like, a cause I love arena rock. I love like stuff like Tesla, Cinderella, Skid Row, all those eighties type bands. But I also love Sepultura, Metallica, Pantera, Carcass, like, like the heavy shit. Mm-hmm. So I was like, "How? Uh, I wonder if I could put a band together that's like arena rock meets thrash." And um, so I, I was—I always wanted to play with Matt again because we always had great chemistry, and mm-hmm. he's one of my best friends. Hmm. So he wanted to do it. He was really busy at the time with school, but he's like, "Yeah, I definitely want to do it." But he was working full time and going to school, so he didn't have a ton of time. When where this is where I had like all the time on my hands. So I started jamming with uh, a drummer I knew, and we started cranking out tunes. And then the other guitar player, Matt LeBreton, was a friend of the drummers. And he had all these cool riffs and songs too, and we got along great. So so then it was us three. (laughs) And then, well, Matt knew he was going to be involved. He just had to find some time to to get involved. And then Matt... The guitar player and it gets confusing because there's two jobs and two bands in the band. So oh, okay. It's fucked up. So that, until people really know who is, they're probably like, "What the fuck's going on here? I can't follow this fucking thing." But um, so the drummer and the guitar player knew the singer, and I thought he had this kick-ass hard rock melodic voice with with some brass, and I was like, "Oh man, like." Some of his screams kind of like his high shit reminds me of sebastian bach and that's my favorite singer. and, yeah. and he's got that like death leopard joe elliott rash like that's that's pretty cool too and he's got the screams too so um, we demoed out a song with him and i was like yeah that's that's the guy right there and um so we we went in and recorded a, a record um in september and now we're just kind of shopping it around and hope, hoping that we can find maybe a label or a manager that wants to work with it. And yeah, it
0: sounded good to me. There for
1: the-
0: yeah, it'd be fun. Oh, thanks. I'm glad you did it. Can you tour? Do you think you could tour with that, or have to, you have to work around an Anthrax schedule, right? Or
1: yeah, I mean, who even knows? It might not ever get a deal. We might just play our local bars here. So okay, I haven't even thought that far. I, I mean, I'll, I'll be happy if we even get it out there at this point you know it's a tough world right now especially for starting a new band it's definitely not the, what i should have been doing during a pandemic i should have fucking went to school but uh, i'm a dumb asshole and i start a new band
0: wait why why would you go to school you're a musician what, what do you need to go to school for
1: well there's no jobs for musicians right now
0: well it's good it's get <laughs> temporary right i mean hopefully this is all over soon i think you froze for a minute there hello uh-oh Oh, sorry. Up oh, you froze. Oh, you're back. Hey, you're back.
1: I I hope so, man. I yeah. hope. Yeah. Uh... Yeah. Yeah. That happened too. Too. Um. Well, I'm hoping that um. Actually, Living Records has a show in at the end of May at one of our local bars. We're, we're going to play with an AC/DC tribute band, Back in Black. Nice. So we'll see if if, if that happens. I don't know what the capacity is going to be. If it's going to be twenty percent, fifty percent. What
0: city is that going to be in?
1: uh Mass- we live in massachusetts and it's going to be in Chicopee, massachusetts at a place called geraldine
0: oh you're still in massachusetts because that's where you're from that's where you grew up and uh yep. okay
1: yeah i live i live where i grew up hmm. so we're going to do that and that, that'll that be our first show hmm. and then uh, we've got another show in uh june twenty sixth in jersey at Dingbath. okay At a metal club and it, that's with uh Corey Glover from Living Color has a new band with uh, Corey Pierce from God Forbid, and that's their CD release party. Oh. And uh, we're going to be on that too.
0: That'll be fun. So what are the fan differences like with Shadows Fall and Anthrax? Are the fans different? I mean, are the Anthrax kind of more the old school fans and, Sh- and Shadows Fall the new metal fans? Or is there kind of a mix of everything? Um,
1: it's kind of a mix because Shadows Fall, we, we drew the old school fans because we came <laughs> out when a new metal was at its height yeah and that's when everybody had short hair nobody was playing guitar solos uh you know most of the bands were just using two strings on the guitar and not not all of them and we were more we were more metallica and Megadeth, Anthrax than, than that stuff we wanted to be like the old metal bands. we still had our long hair and playing guitar solos so we gained a lot of the old school people right away because they're like oh cool they're Another band finally doing this again, and so and then Anthrax too. When we do meet and greets, you see two generations of people. You you the dad, and he's bringing his you know fourteen year old kid to the show, and they both love Anthrax.
0: Mm hmm. That's cool. Do you, Nessa, I always wonder with the heavier bands, do they have like groupies and stuff? I mean, I know it's not like Poison and Motley Crue, but they've got to have some female fans too, right?
1: I I would think so. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there's always people out there who want to have fun. <laughs>
0: <laughs> or do you ever get, I mean, like, weird fans? Like, do you ever did you ever get, like, death threats or anything like that? Like, I mean, because when you're in a band that big, I feel like there's just got to yeah, be all sorts of weird stuff happening.
1: I never had to worry about that, but I've never really got to that status where anybody would want to really give a shit about.
0: <laughs> oh, really? Like, because you're just kind of like the new guy still?
1: Yeah, I mean, I know no one bothers me. I, I just,
0: you know, I guess that's good as long as they're not like bothering you with bad stuff. Right. So yeah, that can be a good thing. I
1: don't know. I'm, I'm pretty low key and, and, uh, I'm an
0: introvert myself. So. <laughs> so you stay out of the way. That's cool. So you yeah, mentioned, yeah. uh, you mentioned Sebastian Bach. Have you, I know, I think I saw you that you got to meet him at least once. Um, and Oh, you got to sit in with Skid Row. And play "Slave to the Grind." That's really, and you do the backing vocals. Did you ever get to perform yeah. with uh with Sebastian though?
1: I have not. Um, I've hung out with Sebastian a few times. We have uh, some mutual friends, and he's always been awesome to me. And he's that, I I gotta say, "Slave to the Grind" is probably my favorite vocal performance ever.
0: Yeah, right. That whole uh, record is amazing. I think I love yeah, the songs think, and the vocals.
1: Yeah, it's funny is uh, when we signed to Atlantic. Jason Palm asked us, like, "What's what's your favorite Atlantic record?" And we each said our favorite Atlantic record, and I said "Slave to the Grind." And I, like, a week later, a double platinum "Slave to the Grind" record came to my house with my name on it.
0: <laughs> wow, that's awesome!
1: That yeah, a- like that'll be the only platinum record I ever get. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I I've met all the Skid guys, and they they've been nothing but great to me. And uh, they let me jam with them once. Um, I've hung out with Sebastian. I remember him playing, like, I was in my buddy's car with him, and we're driving down the street in LA somewhere. And Sebastian was in the car, he was just playing one of his new CDs, and and he was singing it. And I was like, holy shit, could he, like, just to hear that voice, like, a foot away from me, like, whoa, wow.
0: And he still sounds (laughs) really good, right?
1: Yeah. So that that was a really cool moment, too. I was like, man, if you would have told me this when I was nine years old, I would have never fucking believed it
0: that that's great yeah he's definitely i've met him a couple of times he was really cool I, i'm trying to get him on the show i was i had rachel on that was like amazing to me because again that was like yeah, my favorite I watched, band oh you yeah, watch I that watched one? the
1: rachel episode yeah, yeah
0: that was so much fun that was great so do you use your like uh kind of fame and anthrax to like i know i saw you do like went to some wrestling stuff do you use that like as a car like you're like yeah i'm an anthrax like let me in the backstage and stuff like that does that help you get like good seats for stuff <laughs> no no i
1: just we just Happen, we, we work in an industry where we all run into each other at some point so um, you know we know wrestlers they come to our shows we go to their shows uh, oh, some of the production people yeah. but a lot yeah a lot, a lot of the wrestlers are metalheads uh, actually Seth Rollins was telling a story he said the the first well, famous which Shadows Fall weren't famous but he said the first famous people that he met was Matt and I from Shadows Fall when he was at our show, like we walked off the tour bus and talked to him. That's awesome. And, uh, and then uh, Sethon, uh, he's got a a documentary, or there's a documentary, whether it's about him or one of his old wrestling federations, is on the WWE channel. And uh, whatever wrestling company he was working for at the time, he came out with a shadow shirt. I like, that's pretty rad
0: that's awesome yeah I mean it seems like cool. I saw like you had pictures with like Mark Slaughter and uh, Phil from Pantera Zach Wilde, Dave Grohl yeah. Kiss Sammy Hagar I mean is there anyone that like you haven't met yet or, or worked with or interacted with
1: you know what I haven't met like like who was one of my favorite bands of all time there's two bands that I never met anybody from I never met anyone from Aerosmith which are another Massachusetts band
0: oh yeah and I never
1: met anyone in Bon Jovi really yeah but huh. well, those are the, the two. Oh, and and well yeah i met someone i met sammy hagar okay um but i was gonna say Van helen too but sammy hagar came in real quick one time on an award show and said hi the Anthrax guys i was like whoa
0: yeah <laughs> so you've met metallica then
1: yeah we um shadows falls played with metallica a couple times huh. and anthrax has played with metallica
0: of course. Yeah. The big, the part of the yeah. big four, that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. It's crazy. So Anthrax has been nominated for a Grammy six times, zero wins. Do you think, will they ever win a Grammy? I mean, does that even matter?
1: I hope so, but I don't think it matters. Uh, yeah. I don't really think the, I mean, I know the Grammys don't really know what's going on. I mean, look what they did for Eddie Van Halen. Uh, and then, I know. It, you know, to not even have the, the rock metal thing categorized, it's like, it used to be so big in the '80s. Like, I mean, yeah, I they don't all my televise shows. it anymore.
0: Yeah. It's weird. It's like off. Yeah. I think Ice T won uh, maybe for Body all those, Count.
1: All those video shows I used to like the American Music Awards, MTV Video Awards, all that I used to. That was like I remember MTV Music Awards were like. That was when I had to go back to school in September, so that was always a shitty time. Like, oh, right. another year of school. But then I was like, "Well, the, the MTV Music Wars are going to be on that week, so well, that's going to be cool." And that was when it was like, rock and roll was all over it, and metal bands, and...
0: for sure. Yeah, it was cool because
1: everybody had more. There was it was just there was more of a of of, of different styles of music on TV then. Like, mm-hmm. You know, you had your pop bands, you had rap, then you had your glam bands, and you would have bands like Metallica and Anthrax. It just it was just more eclectic now it just seems to be like one style that you really see, and one everything kind of is in the same genre now. Yeah,
0: everything's like pop, like metal is just not really, yeah, they, but I still feel like it's really are... popular because I mean, you go to those shows, and they're, I mean, they're like you said, you're in uh, South America and, and Iron Maiden yeah. selling out soccer stadiums, so I mean, there's still a well,
1: uh... and uh, I think too, just like the internet it helps all that too. Now you can mm-hmm. see videos on YouTube. You don't have to wait all day to see your favorite video. If you want to see hmm. your favorite video, you type it in. You don't have to wait for anybody to play it.
0: Yeah. Everything's
1: at your f- fingertips these days, so...
0: Yeah, it's got to be good and bad, though, because like, on the one thing, it's... it's. I mean, if you're really good, then you're going to rise to the top, but then sometimes it's hard to find stuff because there's so much stuff you got to weed through. Well, like,
1: Well, I think that is the case, too. Is everything is so saturated now. Everybody can make a record. Mm-hmm. Everybody... Like a, you know, if you know what you're doing, you can make a good-sounding record on your on your laptop. And um, people know how to make their own videos and stuff. Look at these YouTube guys. Um, but that that just means there's just just a ton of bands out there at once. And I think it's really hard to grab people's attention because there's so many bands. When you have these. Things like Spotify, Apple, and YouTube Music—you know—you're paying your ten, fifteen dollars a month. You just have unlimited access to everything, so it's sometimes hard to stay focused. You're mm-hmm. just like, if you hear something, like you for one minute, you're like, eh, fuck it, swipe next one. Yeah. Where I remember, I would buy CDs as a kid, just or tapes, because I'd read about like who, who the bands I liked like who. Who do they thank in their liner notes? So I'm like, all right, I'm gonna take a chance.
0: Yeah, no, that's sometimes
1: I, it's so right. I sometimes remember I, I would I would be like, nah, I don't like this. But then some of yeah. the stuff I didn't like at first grew on me. But I'm like, fuck, yeah. I just paid fifteen bucks for this. I'm gonna I'm gonna listen. I'm gonna keep listening to yeah. it. And like what the hype? I'm because I know <laughs> a lot of people like these guys. I must be missing something.
0: Yeah. So, I, I remember. You know, yeah. I remember Mr. Bungle. Do you remember that band? I remember I'd always see yeah. like rock stars wearing Mr. Bungle shirts. And I was like, what is this? Like, why do I keep seeing this? Like there's a tractor in my balls. I was like, what the fuck does that mean? I was like, I got to get the yeah. city." And I remember getting it and going, I don't get this. Like I tried to listen. I was like, I'm just yeah. not, some of the riffs are cool, but then it grew on me. And now I, I definitely appreciate it way more. It really,
1: yeah. Yeah. Well, the same time, like the first time I heard Metallica, I was like, Oh, this is, you know, I was listening to the mainstream metal, so I was listening to stuff like Rat and Bon Jovi um, and Def Leppard. And I remember seeing that one video,
0: oh, and I was like, "This yeah. is kind
1: of this is kind of disturbing." I'm like, I "Yeah, don't, I don't know." I'm like, "I don't know if I'm connecting with this shit." It was like <laughs> a little bit, it was a little too heavy and dark for me at the right. time then you know what they become one of my favorite bands in the world I've become like there's like I was obsessed with Metallica through my teenage years
0: absolutely me too
1: same with first time I saw Pantera yes I was good Romaniac I didn't know really who Pantera was I saw I remember I bought tickets to the Slaves of the Grind tour and then I saw Mouth for War on the Headbangers Ball, and I was like what is this? Because like the heaviest stuff I was listening to now that was in the Metall- another Metallica moment. I'm like, all right, I get Metallica, I'm 100 into that, but I'm like, this is another like a new level of of, of something else.
0: Right, they took it like, up a notch for sure. That yeah, was then, like then some
1: I've ever. I'm like, all right, I'm okay. gonna. I always, you know, wanted to get to the show early. I always wanted to see who was opening up and just. I was excited you know of course you were your kid going to a concert you wait all like for three months for the you buy those tickets three months and you yeah. just think about it every day in school so get there see pantera and i'm you know like wow i i, I didn't like i was like do i like this or not i'm like the crowd is going <laughs> crazy yeah but they're I was good watch it because it because it was something new and i'm like that was pretty kick-ass man
0: yeah, I was looking at my
1: buddy because we never heard anything like that. We are just like, wow. Like, fucking, they kicked ass in that crowd. So, you know, by the end of the set, I was like, that was pretty powerful. And, and I was taking lessons at the mall. So uh, I went past uh, the music store and I was like, ah, I saw the band. Let me pick up the CD. You know, I, I caught them live. Check it out, see what they sound like on, on, on record. And, yeah, I was like, pfft. I just kept listening and listening. To it. At first, some of it was a little too heavy, and I liked some more of the melodic parts more. But then, you know, then it just—I got bit by the bug, and now they're one of my favorite bands. And
0: yeah,
1: fuck, man, that's that was that's one of the bands too. Where, like, to me, they never put out a bad record. They never put mm. out a record where you're like, "What the? This doesn't sound like bands. There, I would mm. the fuck is this?" Where, like, bands once you have, you know, five, six records, they they have a record in there that you're like, "I don't know what they're going for on that one."
0: Right. Yeah. No. I loved but Pantera. Pan-
1: Pantera, like, never to me, it was always solid and fucking right on.
0: And their shows were crazy. I remember, like, that was bad. I don't know if people still mosh, but back that was like when moshing was yeah. big. And we'd be like in the mosh pit. I was just skinny little kid, and I'd just get, get throttle. I try to stay on the outskirts a little because it was crazy.
1: Yeah, that, that was probably one of the first big shows that I saw with a mosh pit because they didn't have it was general admission on the floor.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, but uh, a lot of. Those shows are crazy
1: sh- shows like the the ones that I would go to, like, uh, you know, and it's like poison slaughter and stuff. A lot of them had seats and then the skid row pan parator right. didn't have seats and people are going ballistic.
0: Yeah. It's crazy. Well, awesome. This has been fun. I, I do like to end each episode with a charity. Do you, I think I sent you, I told you that I think. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have one that you work with or you want to give a shout out to here?
1: Uh, yeah, I'd like to give a shout out to uh, Motley zoo. I don't know if you're familiar with it, yeah. but they're uh, they're in Washington, they're Seattle area, but oh. every time we play Seattle, they bring puppies out, and uh, they're great. They just, like all the bands get to hang with the dogs, and they have dogs and cats. And um, yeah, if anyone you can follow them on Instagram and, and watch the story. Oh, well, okay, I'll check that out. Animals, yeah,
0: so. I'm from Seattle, okay. so I have tons of friends and family there. So.
1: Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Check it out. And uh, yeah, man, I, I I'm a dog freak. I have a Chihuahua and a Chihuahua and. Dogs dogs are, are one of my favorite things and I can't imagine living without
0: one. Yeah, I saw all, the, all your dog pictures online. That's really cool. So all right. Right. I'll put that in the notes too. So, And then people should look out for uh, Living Wreckage and maybe hopefully a new Anthrax album too.
1: Yeah, so yeah, if everyone checks it out, uh, Living Wreckage has a Facebook and Instagram and there should be something out like a song hopefully for everyone to buy and download within the next month, hopefully by May.
0: Okay, cool. Yeah, I've heard them all. So I, I think they're all great. I give it the two thumbs oh. up absolutely oh thanks There's a thumbs. yeah all right
1: thanks john all right thanks chuck take care dude
0: uh, see you later bye-bye all right, bye. so many cool stories hanging out with dimebag daryl and iron maiden it just sounds like a fun uh job being the guitarist in anthrax not sure i need to remind anyone to follow anthrax on social media but they're on there and i think they have over two million followers on facebook uh But also follow John like on Instagram and his new band. They have a Facebook Living Wreckage should have new music coming out soon. Also, if you're a guitar player, I forgot to mention uh, John does guitar lessons via Skype. I don't know how long that's going to continue on for, but it's pretty cool. So hit him up if you want to do that. Thank you for listening to my show. If you want to continue to support the show, you can like and share posts on social media. You can comment or give a thumbs up on YouTube. And make sure to subscribe wherever you listen so you can keep up with future episodes. I appreciate you all. I hope you have a great rest of your day and remember to shoot for the moon.